0: Whatever shadow may fall on your life, maybe you are worried about the fate of your country, or perhaps dark thoughts visit you concerning your own future, or maybe your entire life seems an unbearable wound. Remember the fairy tale. Listen to her quiet, ancient, wise voice. From an essay on the spiritual meaning of fairy tales by Ivan Illyan. Beyond the thrice nine lands, not that far from a certain kingdom, there was a certain land. A land where firebirds perch in golden apple trees, where wolves speak with the voices of sages, and the best that a prince can do sometimes is to sit on a log and weep. Welcome to In a Certain Land, a podcast where I tell Slavic fairy tales and epic poems. So pull up a chair. Or a log in the middle of the forest, and let's listen together to the story's quiet, ancient, wise voice in our hearts. You never know what treasures you might find there. In a certain kingdom, in a certain land, there lived a king and a queen. They lived together for many long years, and the king got restless. And one fine day, he just up and left and started to go on a long journey throughout all the different kingdoms as far as the eye could see. While he was gone, his wife, the queen, gave birth to a beautiful little boy. But he had no idea. So there he goes. He's been gone for years now. And you cannot imagine the kind of thirst that took control of this king. He just had to have some water. Suddenly, as though he had dreamed it, as though he had conjured it from his own imagination, there he saw a perfect, pristine, gorgeous lake. Hardly a ripple on top of it. You could see all the way to the bottom. So he comes up lies down on his stomach, grabs his beard, pulls it back, and drinks the longest, the most delicious drink of water he has ever had in his life. Suddenly, he feels somebody tugging on his beard. Let go, he says, let go! And he looks down and he sees a king, just as bearded as he is, but coming up from the water. And that king says... How dare you drink of my water without permission? The king was starting to realize that he had made a bit of a mistake. And he says, please, let me go. Let go of my beard. Please, I'll do anything you ask. The king looks at him and he says, Give me that which you don't know about at home. Now the king thought about it and he said, Well, first off, I don't even know what that means. Secondly, I know everything that I have at home. It's probably nothing. Very well, I promise it. Just let me go. And he looked down and there was nobody there. His beard was free and he was free to go. He started to get nervous though. Something tickled at the back of his mind. So he went home. and Lo and behold, out of the gates of the city comes his dear queen holding in her arms the most perfect, beautiful baby boy he's ever seen. Yes, it was his. So they went on living, as they always had. But the boy, he grew, and he grew fast. Not by the count of days, but by the count of hours. And soon he was a big, strapping young lad. What was the king to do? Time was ticking. He needed to keep his promise. Because one can never break the promise to the underwater king. That way lies disaster. Even this silly king knew that much. So one day he took his son, who of course was named Ivan, and he took him on a little hike. They walked, they walked, and suddenly they just happened upon a perfectly beautiful lake. And the king says, Oh, Ivanushka, I seem to have lost my ring. I have very important business to attend to at home. Would you mind finding it for me? I'll just be right over there, thinking about my very important business. Now, Ivanushka... He was a little bit peeved. Who's ever going to find a golden ring in the middle of the forest? It probably fell into the water, after all. What is he going to do? So he's looking around, he's looking around, he can't find anything, he's getting annoyed. Suddenly an old woman comes up to him, bent over, very ancient, quite scary looking, and she says to him, Oh, you prince, is there anything I can do to help you? Get out of my face, you stupid old hag! Can't you see that I'm busy? Says Ivanushka. Eh, well, if it's going to be like that, she said, have a nice day. And there she goes, walks right away. Now, Ivanushka was no fool. And he stopped and started to think, and he said, well, why was I so rude to that old woman? Old people, why, they're wise, aren't they? Perhaps she can tell me something that might be useful to me. So he goes back. He stops her and asks forgiveness and says, "'Oh, I'm quite sorry. I don't know what came over me. I'm just in a bad mood. I've been walking around here looking for a, a golden ring, and I can't find it. Would you forgive me, please?' The old woman looked at him and she said, "'Ah, Ivanushka, you you're looking for a ring that doesn't exist. Your father, he left you here. You see, he made a promise to a very scary old king who lives at the bottom of the lake. In fact, he doesn't only live at the bottom of the lake, but he's the king of the entire Underland.'" Yes, that king. He's promised you to him. But don't despair. All is not lost. Now, in spite of that, Ivanushka did as all good princes named Ivan do. He sat down on a log and he started to cry. No, no, Ivanushka, don't cry. I will tell you what to do, said the old woman. Now, look, right over there, there is a currant bush, a nice big one. No, don't eat the berries. Hide behind it. In a little while, you will see twelve beautiful pigeons fly down here. Hit Mother Earth and turn into beautiful maidens, who will then go into the water and swim. Don't do anything. Wait for the thirteenth. She will come. She will also hit Mother Earth and turn into a beautiful maiden. As soon as she goes into the water, grab her shirt and hide it. When she comes looking for it, give it back to her, but not before she gives you her golden ring. If she will not do that, all is lost. Ivanushka thanked the old woman and dutifully sat behind the currant bush. The berries were quite red, they were quite sweet-smelling, and boy did he want to eat them. But Ivanushka was no fool. So he didn't. He just sat there and waited. And very soon, twelve beautiful white doves came out of nowhere, hit Mother Earth, and turned into twelve beautiful maidens, who threw off their shirts, jumped into the water, and started to play. He sat there. He waited. Suddenly, a thirteenth came. Pure white as a morning in spring. She hit Mother Earth. She turned into the most beautiful woman he had ever seen in his life. She also tossed off her white shirt, jumped into the water to play with her sisters. He sat there, and he looked at her. He could not tear his eyes from her. She was so, so beautiful. Soon, they began to start coming up back out of the water. And he remembered, oh no, I have to take her shirt. He grabbed it quickly, jumped back. Nobody saw him. The twelve princesses put on their shirts, and the thirteenth started to look for hers, but she couldn't find it anywhere. Her sisters looked with her. They looked everywhere. They looked under the trees, they looked behind the bushes, but they couldn't find anything. Finally, the 13th princess said, Oh, my sisters, it is my fault. I should have been more careful. You go. I'll take care of this myself. And so the 12 princesses hit Mother Earth, turned into beautiful doves, and flew away. Now the 13th princess turned around, looked around, and quietly said, Whoever stole my shirt, give it back to me, please. If you're an old man, you will be like a father to me. If you are a middle-aged man, you will be like my older brother. If you are a young man, you will be my dearest friend. Ivanushka crept from behind the currant bush and gave her the shirt. She looked at him, and she said, Ah, Ivanushka! Where have you been? And then she gave him her golden ring. And she said, My father, the king of Underland, is very, very angry with you. But don't worry, I will help you. After all, you are now a great friend to me. Just go down into the water. Don't worry, you won't drown. Just continue going into the water and see where it takes you. Once you're there, announce yourself to the king and do what he says at which point she hit Mother Earth, flew up into the sky as the most beautiful, pristine white dove he had ever seen. Ivanushka was no fool, as I have said, so he went into the water. As frightening as that prospect was, he kept going and he kept going, and the water surrounded him from all sides, and yet he could breathe. And he went further down and further down, and to his utmost surprise... Underland, the land under the waters, was just like it was above the waters. There were wide fields and forests and beautiful buildings and palaces and right ahead of him, unmistakable, was the palace of the king of Underland. He went straight to it and into the throne room, as brazen as you like. The king was sitting on his throne and he looked at him with the most stormy aspect Ivan Sadevich had ever seen. Where have you been? been, said the king of Underland. I am quite cross with you, and so here's what you will do. I have a piece of land just behind my palace, thirty miles wide, thirty miles long. It is filled with ditches, gullies, boulders. Over the course of this night you will clear it all out until it will be as smooth as my palm. Then, in the same night, you will sow it with white wheat, and that wheat will grow so high that a red-winged blackbird can hide inside it. Ivan Sarievich left the throne room and went outside, and he wept, and he wept. Then he saw on a building right next to him, leaning over the parapet, was the 13th daughter, whose name was Vasilisa, the very, very wise. She leaned over the parapet and she said to him, Ivanushka, why are you crying? How can I not cry? He said. Your father, your father gave me an impossible task. You know that field 30 miles wide and 30 miles long behind the palace? I'm supposed to clear it all out. And you've seen it. Filled with gullies, trees, boulders the size of houses. How will I ever do this? And he told me that he would take my head off my shoulders if I didn't do it overnight. Yeah, she said. That is not any kind of trouble. The real trouble is yet to come. Go to sleep, Ivanushka. The morning is wiser than the evening. Ivanushka, dutiful as always, went straight to bed. Vasilisa called out with the loudest voice she could. Wake up, my dear friends. Clear out those fields. Sow them with the perfect, most beautiful wheat you can imagine. And make sure it grows so high that a red-winged blackbird can hide in its midst." Ivanushka woke up. Got out of bed, immediately went outside, and lo and behold, that field was as smooth as the king's palm. And there was white wheat grown all the way up to his head, so that you could have an entire flock of red winged blackbirds hiding in the midst and no one would ever see them. He came to the king and he said, It is done. The king was quite impressed. And he said, Well, you are my humble servant. Very good. I will give you another task. I have 300 granaries filled with uncleaned wheat. You have one night to clear it all out and to pile it up perfectly without a single bit of chaff in it. And you know, if you don't do this, I will simply have to take your head off your shoulders. Yvanashko walked outside, and he started to weep. And there's Vasilis of the Wise once again, Leaning over the parapet, Ivánushka, why are you crying? Vasilisa, it's impossible. He wants me to clear out 300 granaries worth of wheat. How can I possibly do this? And he said he would take my head off my shoulders if I didn't. Oh, Ivánushka, said Vasilisa, that is not any sort of trouble. The real trouble? It's still to come. Go to bed. The morning is wiser than the evening. Ivánushka went to bed. And immediately Vasilisa called out, Wake up, all my favorite dear ants! All the ants in the entire world! Come! Come to me! Clear out all of the wheat in those granaries and pile them up perfectly. And the ants went to work. Ivanushka woke up, went straight to the granaries. Lo and behold, everything, all 300 granaries were packed full of perfectly cleaned wheat. Not a bit of chaff among them. Quickly he ran to the king's throne room and said, Sire, it is done. And the king looked at him and said, Well, you are, what, are you my son now or something? Very good, I'm quite impressed. However, I have one more thing I need you to do. You will build me, overnight, an entire church made of nothing but wax. And if you don't, well, your head's mine. Ivanushka walked out of that throne room And boy, did he weep. How can you possibly build, of all things, a church out of wax? It's impossible. Veseliuszko's there again. She's leaning over the parapet. She has that mysterious smile and she says, "Ivanushka, why are you crying? How can I help it? Your father told me to build an entire church of nothing but wax. Or my head is coming off my shoulders. Oh, Ivanushka, The trouble is still to come. Go to bed. The morning is wiser than the evening. He did. And as soon as he did, she calls out, Oh, my dear work-loving bees, come, come from all the corners of the earth, come to me. Build me the most beautiful church that you've ever seen out of nothing but wax. And so they did. In the morning, Ivanushka peeked out of his window. He was sure this was it. This was not going to happen. And yet, right in front of him, in the middle of a field, stood a beautiful church made of nothing but wax. He ran to the throne room before the church might melt. You know, the sun's coming up. Anything might happen. And he said, sire, it is done. I am quite impressed with you, said the king of Underland. Come, I have 13 daughters. Choose any one of them. Well, you can guess, Ivanushka didn't take too long to choose. He chose the 13th. And he and Vasilisa were married. And they lived quite happily for quite a long time, under the waters, in the land of the King of Underland. But Ivanushka, he started to grow a little bit restless. And one day he was walking around, very dark-browed, depressed, and Vasilisa said, Ivanushka, what is the problem? And he said to her, I miss my father. I miss my mother. I miss holy Russia. I want to go home. And Vasilisa looked at him and said, Ah, this is the big trouble, Ivanushka. This is the trouble we've all been waiting for. The king will not let you go. We must escape. But if we do, he will not rest until he catches us. But I will help you. She turned around, spit in three corners of the room, gathered her things, took two of the best horses that they had, and whoosh, there they go, as fast as possible, out of Underland toward Holy Russia. It was early morning at that time, and soon the servants came to knock at their door. Oh, lovebirds, they said, it's time to get up. The king is awaiting her presence. One of the bits of spit started to talk. Just a little bit more time, we're so tired. And the servants left. A few hours later, they came back and pounded on the door. It's time to get up, younglings. The king is starting to get annoyed. The second bit of spit piped up. We're getting up. Don't worry. It's just taking us a little longer than usual. The servants left. Another two hours passed, and they came back. They were mad. They started to pound the door. Get up. The king is about to have our heads from our shoulders. And the third bit of spit said, We're putting on our clothes any minute now. And the servants waited. They didn't leave this time. They waited. And they waited. Finally, it was time to break down the door. And they did. Lo and behold, nobody's there. And they go and tell the king. And the king is mad. He knows what happened. Go, he said. Find them. Bring them back. In the meantime, Васilissa and Ivanushka are riding, riding, riding. And Васilisska has a bit of a feeling. And she says, Ivanushka, stop. Lie down on Mother Earth. Put your ear to the ground and tell me what you hear. Ivanushka did. And he said, I hear the loud conversation of men. And I hear the sound of horses riding hard. They're coming for us, she said. So she turned the horses into a green meadow. She turned herself into a sheep. And she turned him into an old decrepit shepherd. Up come riding the servants of the king. And they see the old man with his sheep. And they stop and they say, Old man, old man, have you seen two horses, a young prince and a princess riding on them? And the shepherd said, Oh yeah. I've been living here for 40 years. I've never seen a horse in my life. And the riders go, sorry to bother you. Turn around and go back. They weren't very bright, these servants of the king, were they? And they come to the king and they say, We didn't find them. All we saw was a green field, a shepherd, and a sheep. You idiots, said the king. That was them, that was them. Go back, find them. And they go back again. In the meantime, Ivanushka and Vasilisushka are riding, 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 and Vasilisa gets worried again. She says, Ivanushka, stop. Come down to the bare earth. Put your ear to the soil. Tell me what you hear. He did. I hear the loud conversation of men, and I hear horses' hooves. (gasps) They're coming for us, she said. So she turned herself into a church. She turned him into an old priest. And she turned the horses into trees. Up come riding the servants. They're getting quite mad themselves. They see the old priest. It's a priest. He will tell the truth. And they stop and they say, Father, have you seen an old shepherd and a sheep? And the old priest says, (coughs) I've served here for 40 years. Never seen a sheep in my life. Servants didn't know what to do. They turned around, they rode back. Very quietly, very carefully, they come up to the king. We saw a priest in a church. He said he didn't see a sheep or a shepherd. You idiots! That was them! This time, the king himself saddled his own charter, sat on it, and rode like the wind. In the meantime... Ivanushka and Vasilisa are coming very close, right to the edge of Holy Rus. But Vasilisa had a premonition. Ivanushka, stop. Fall down to the bare earth. Listen with your ear to the soil. What do you hear? Ivanushka did. I hear the loud conversation of hundreds of men, and I hear the loudest, fastest horse I've ever heard in my life. It is my father, she said. This is the great trouble we've been avoiding. So she turns the horses into a lake. She turned herself into a duck, and she turned him into a mallard. There they are, floating back and forth, back and forth, and the king of Underland rides up. He sees and he knows it's them. So he turns himself into an eagle. Up he goes, with his talons bared, and he comes down, swooping right onto the duck. And what does the duck do? Boop, she goes down into the water. Doesn't catch her. Flies back up, tries the mallard, comes down with his claws exposed and the mallard goes into the water and he misses again. And the eagle goes up and he spreads his talons and he flies as fast as he can. And the duck and the mallard go up into the water. And up and down they go, and up and down they go, and the king keeps going up and down and up and down until he's utterly completely exhausted. He can't hold the shape of the eagle anymore. He falls down next to his horse, and he says, Go! I don't have any more time for you. And he rides back home. And so, Ivanushka and Vasilisushka ride up to within view of his father and mother's palace. And there they dismount, and he stops Vasilisa in a little glade. And he says, I want to warn them before they meet you. Wait here for me. I'll come back for you. Vasilisa looks at him long and hard and she says, Ivanushka, you're going to forget me. Me? Forget you? Are you crazy? I'll I'll never forget you. Just wait a little bit. I'll go and see them. I'll hug them. I'll tell them about you. They'll be so excited to see you. She looks at him long and hard and she says, Remember me when you see two doves hitting a window. Vasilisa, don't be ridiculous. And so he goes. He sees his mother and father. They're coming out of the palace. They're running. They hug him. They're so happy to see him. And he completely forgets about Vasilisa. So they keep living there for a while. A wonderful time is had by all. They've been feasting for days and days and days. And Ivanishka begins to think, maybe it's time for me to get married. In the meantime, Vasilisa walks into the village next to the palace. And she takes a job at a bakery. And she's very good at it. In fact, the entire village starts to come to that bakery and buy the extremely delicious bread that that bakery makes. One morning, she gets up with the baker and she says, I'm going to make some doves out of dough. She does. She makes absolutely beautifully shaped doves. She puts them into the oven. She closes the door and she turns to the baker and says, what do you think those doves are going to do? And the baker says, I know what they're going to do. They're going to fly right into my mouth and I'm going to eat them. She says, nope. That's not what they're going to do. Wait and see. When they were ready, she opened the door and out flew two perfectly white doves. Flew straight out of that bakery all the way to the palace and started to beat at the window. Beat at the window as though they're trying with all of their power to get in. Ivanovska happened to be in that room and he looked up and he saw them and he, he remembered Vasilisa. He remembered his wife. Oh my goodness, what have I been doing? And quickly he ran. He ran to the baker's. He took her in his arms. He kissed her and he took her home. And he introduced her to his mother and his father. And they welcomed her as their own daughter. And they lived there for many happy long years. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to find out more about the exciting and dangerous world of Slavic fairy tales, check out the Raven's Son epic fantasy series, which is inspired by these stories, available wherever books are sold in ebook, paperback, and audiobook formats. If you love these fairy tales, and if you'd like to hear more than these once-a-month public podcasts, consider becoming a patron of this podcast. You'll have access to more stories, exclusive live storytelling events, and other surprise gifts. Your contribution will go a long way towards supporting the team that makes this podcast possible and you will have a chance to join a wonderful, warm, and welcoming community of story lovers. They are a constant inspiration to me and a joy to serve. Visit patreon.com slash Nicholas Kotar to join. This show is edited and its beautiful music is originally composed by Natalie Wilson at nwcomposing.com Thank you, Natalie, for your beautiful work. And don't forget to share the podcast with friends and do leave a review if you can. It helps more people find these stories. Thank you so much. And I hope to meet you in a certain land next time.